Therefore, the very actions of God are displayed in your life, and that's what God is doing. Therefore, no man could ever take credit for anything that he does or anything that he knows because it is God's righteousness that is in full effect. Um, there's so much about righteousness. It is, not, it is not because you do all the right things that makes you righteous. It's not because you go to church. Not because you lived a simple, a sinless life. That doesn't make you righteous. That just makes the righteousness of God fully activated in your life. Amen. And so the, this is God who should get all the praise. It's God who should get all the glory. Because truly no one, no one can, can operate according to God's will without his, op, his righteousness operating you. Okay. So we're going to conclude this tonight on, on this topic, practice righteousness. Amen? How do you practice righteousness? Well, you got to practice denying yourself and letting God have his way with you. 100%. Before we open up the Bibles, I want, I want to just talk to you candidly about, um, you know, some of the challenges we have as it relates to letting God have his way. And, and, and one of the greatest challenges we have is that we're spoiled. We, we want things a certain way and, and basically try to make it, control it so it could be that way. But God is working against your way of thinking because your way of thinking does not line up with the will of God. And it truly has to be God working through you. And that's why it can look all bad when God is at work, but it will work out for the good. Amen? Because God does not need your approval, and he works way different than we can ever work. And we really have to get out of our pattern of thinking because he has given us a pattern to follow. And if we follow his lead, we won't complain anymore. Because if you look up every woman and every man in the Bible, they had to go through some trials before they got to the victory. Okay? Every one of them made mistakes before God delivered them. Okay? Can we get that straight? All right? All right. So now let's get into the word of God. Let's turn to 1 John. Right back there by Revelation. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? And what shall be added? <laughs> Everything. Right? <laughs> All things. All right? So we got that. We're going to seek after his righteousness. <clears throat> and John, John writes in, in these letters. <clears throat> in his letters back here, he, he writes, and I'm going to read it, and then we're going to come back. I'm going to read verse 1 through 9, and we're going to come back and just go see what the Lord has to say. <clears throat> verse, chapter number 3, verse number 1. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. First John, 
Okay, here we go. He says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Wow, that's some good stuff. Verse number four, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested, this is why, to take away our sins. And in him, there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the sons of God was manifested, that he, the son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Wow. That is some heavy-duty stuff that John is laying out. And you say, well, I still sin from time to time. Am I talking to the right folks? What John is speaking of in this particular text is habitual sin. What you practice, you master. That's why God wants to conclude this series on teaching with the emphasis on practicing righteousness. Amen. Therefore, it is not you who is doing it, but it's you submitting to the very will of God to be fully activated in your life.
Go ahead and tell them. Order my steps. All right. Let's go back to the beginning because I, I, I looked at John, and I love how John, because he, he, came, he came harsh at the end, didn't he? And it gets a little bit deeper if we, go, if we get to verse 11 and, and 10 and 11 and all that. But it's okay. I really believe that God wants us to really practice righteousness, and the way to practice righteousness is to let, let your will be nailed to the cross and let God have his way. Amen? So, so John starts it off. Let's go. Verse number one. Okay, so, so he says, he, he first begins, he says, he says, wow, look, look. In other words, where's your focus? Not on what you did wrong, not on what's going on in your life, not what's going wrong, not on your hurt feelings, not on the past. But let's look, let's bring our focus to how much God loves you. Okay. Because if, if you can embrace how much God loves you, regardless of what you've been through, the God of the heavens, the God of everything, the God that can do anything at any time, he loves you. To the point that he changes your identity. And it said that we should be called what? Children of God. How many of you really believe that you are a child of God. Hallelujah. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of what the thoughts are that go in your mind, regardless of the, what people said about you, you are a child of God. Amen. Is it cold in here? No, no, no. I, I just see people getting, getting a little uh, <laughs> blankets and uh, <laughs> everybody good? All right, long we're good. All right, here we go. So, so if, if we're children of God, that means that the devil is not our daddy. So then, if the devil's not our daddy, then we don't need to talk about him. Because we're children of God. And if you're a child of God, then you ought to be focused on who's, who, who's your dad. If you understand that God is all-powerful and he's your father and you're his child and he's the one that made it that way, not you. So regardless of what you do, it does not change your identity. You have a new DNA. Now you, listen, <clears throat> the blood of Christ is now your DNA and you cannot change it. When DNA is in place, it cannot be changed. You're a child of God. And so the enemy wants to get your behavior to look like his behavior. Even though you behave like him, you never become his child. But the righteousness of God will change your behavior. That's why the things that you used to do, you don't do anymore. 
And Paul says it this way, not that I've already apprehended everything. I don't have it all together, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, so that I could focus on the mark of Christ Jesus. Because the more I think about that, I would never think about what's before me, which is Christ Jesus. And the enemy is trying to get us to look back, but God is trying to get you to stay focused on him and look forward. Because if you look back long enough, you'll question whether or not you're a child of God. And that's why God instituted the church. So that we can help others who are looking back and wander in here and wonder if it's okay that they messed up. And the church has been guilty of being self-righteous like the Pharisees. Because every time something goes wrong in the church, it becomes big news in the world. And the people that are in the church are the ones who gossiped about the church or it never would have got to the world. Whereby hypocritical behavior is in motion and they are now calling the church a hypocrite and the church is Jesus' bride and I'm here to tell you that Jesus' bride is not a hypocrite. Jesus' bride is being prepared right now. Therefore, now check this out. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. So he first emphasizes on how much God loves you. Then he tells you about your identity so you don't get twisted up in the world by what the world says about you. And then he says this, this is what gets me. He says, the world don't know you. If the world don't know you, why do you entertain what the world has to say about you? Get offended by what the world says. Let me tell you something about the world. The world comes in the church to cause havoc in the church. And the church has the audacity to even lift the world up inside the church when there should be lifting up the name of Jesus. I knew it was going to get thick up in here tonight. That's why we don't have time to talk about worldly ways. If we talk about Jesus, Jesus will change the worldly ways. So when the world comes in here to raise havoc, worldliness gets changed into word. Or either leaves. 
So if the world does not know you, then don't entertain what the world has to say about you. And know that if you are God's child, you do not belong to the world's system. The world don't know you. That's verse two, right? No, no, that was verse one. All that was in one? Okay, so then he talked about the world not knowing us. They said, now let's get back to the real truth. Let's get back to truth because truth sets you free. Okay, let's get our focus dialed in. We're talking about you're a child of God. Let's get back to that. Right? There's no time for small talk. We're going to talk Jesus talk. Behold, he comes back. Oh, 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 no, go back to two, two, two. Beloved, and now he, now he talked because he was first talking about how much God loves you. And then he said, beloved, let me address you as who you are. Beloved, now, now, now get this, when? Now we are what? Wait a minute, you messed up a minute ago, but, oh, so it doesn't matter because you're a children of God when? So no matter what you do wrong, it never changes who you are. And it's not up to man to determine who's God's child. It's up to God. It is God who bestowed his love upon us. I don't know about you, but I got, I, I, I've had six children, and all of them behave differently. All of them have different capacity levels. And I have, to, I have to watch them and see what works the best for them. Why am I saying that? Because all of God's children have different capacity levels. Some will mess up a little bit longer than others. Some will get it quicker than others. Some will walk straighter than others. But no matter what, we are still all God's children. Hallelujah. Get back to it. He said, uh, we are children of God. Now, wait, wait, wait. Now, now what gets me is that Okay, he said, we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what, shall, what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Beloved, he says, we're children of God. We're children of God, which means that where does God live? Mm-hmm. And where does he sit? On the throne. And where is the throne? So where is he from? Okay, so where are now we? Where are we from? Because we are his children now. All right? So we have what's called a heavenly place. All right? So we have what's called new citizenship. So although we are still in the world, we are no longer of the world. Oh, y'all get this. All right, then. Philippians uh, chapter number uh, 3, verse number I believe that's it. If that's not it, I've been wrong before. Okay, yeah, that's it. <clears throat> Let's go. Verse 20. Somebody read it. Our citizenship, whose citizenship? Where's it at? 
Okay, so once you became a child of God, you became a citizen of the heavenly realm. So that means you are above all this nonsense. So don't participate. Ah. Can you imagine all the people that talk crazy to you if you don't participate? It just go away. Huh? Can you imagine if if the devil never got no attention, he would leave you alone? Listen, if a guest come to your house and get entertained, they'll stay. But if you don't entertain them, they're not coming again. Number one, they leaving because ain't nothing in the house for you. And that's how the that's how the enemy is. He'll stay away from you if you don't entertain him. So you won't entertain him if you realize where your house is. Our citizenship is where? From which we also eagerly wait for the Lord, for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. Who what? Stop right there. So, so it said we, and John said we don't we don't really know what we're gonna look like, but we 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 will know that we'll be like him. Huh? And in Philippians, Paul writes that he's going to change us, and we're gonna be transformed, and his glorious body according to the working by which what. Who's going to do it? Who's doing you right now? Who is this all about? So it's not, if it's not about flesh, why do we keep bringing flesh into the equation? This is all about God. Who can change your situation? Who can fix your problem? Who can make a way out of no way? Who has proved himself to you? So then who you going to focus on? It's easy. Oh, being a Christian is hard. It's not up to you. God wants you to, listen, he wants you to submit yourself to him and he'll change you. God waits for you. He'll keep tugging on you. He'll even put you through some stuff that'll make you say, okay, I'm done. (laughs) God is just, he's so good. Okay, according to the working by which he is what? To subdue what? To himself, which means every, everything that we need to be delivered from, he's going to do it. You're not going to do it. So if he's going to do it, then why do we look at other people and blame them for so much? And God's going to do it all. How come you can't look to God and say, God, help us? No matter what, who it is or what it is. He says, I'm a very present help in the time of need. 
I, I have a question. I, how many of you believe the word works? Well, God is lining this thing up tonight so you can go put it to work. Amen. All right, let's go back. Let's go back to John. We got a couple of things we got to get out of here. Verse number three. Oh, man, this is wild. This is wild because now he talks about, well, check this out. He talks about Colossians 1.27, which says that we have the hope of glory, which is Christ dwelling in us. Now, he, I'm like, we don't have time to go there, but he's saying in this particular text, if we, have, if we focus on this hope, we can purify our own self. So when you put your trust in Jesus, you start activating purification within yourself. Ugh. Just trusting in him, the hope that is in you, activates purification unto sanctification. This is some good stuff. And he says, and everyone, not some, but everyone who has this hope, this hope that is in you, is purifying you. The hope of glory came into you to purify you. The purification, that is what is re releasing what God imputed, which is righteousness. So, the righteousness is there, and God says, I, your, the hope is purifying it so that it releases, so that what's in you comes out of you. So then, if you don't focus on what's wrong, and you can focus on the hope of glory which is in you, it starts purifying you, then you start mimicking the ways of God through righteousness. That's what the word is saying. Verse number four. Many now, let's get now, let's get into this. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested for what? And you know, do you know it? Jesus was manifested for what? Okay, so why did Jesus come to the earth realm? To take away our sins. He who knew no sin became sin. When he became sin, he took away our sins, right? That was his ultimate purpose to come to the earth. So through the manifestation of him coming, because God had already planned for him to come, but a certain time had come into play when Jesus came into the earth realm and he came with the purpose of taking sin away from us. And it said, 
And if he came to take it away, trust me, he took it away. Jesus does what he sent to do. And in him, there is no sin. So if he's in you and sin is produced, the manifestation of him will wash away your sins because he's already in you to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Who does it? Okay, so how many of you cleaned up your own sin? Not a one. So how come we judge other people's sin? If you couldn't get rid of your own, how come you talking about somebody else's? Uh-oh. We solved the problem. <laughs> if, listen, if instead of talking about the sin, we can talk about the Jesus. And that sin that gives access for the cleansing process. You ever want to get rid of sin? Talk about Jesus. Don't, don't talk about nothing else. Talk about Jesus. And watch him clean up sin where sin exists. That's what he does. All right, verse 5 or 6. Here we go. Let's go. Somebody read it. Stop right there. What does that mean? Whoever abides in him does not sin. Okay? Whoever stays there, right? All right? So you stay in him. So what if, if he, listen, if that is the goal to keep us from sinning, what do you think the enemy's goal is? To get us, listen, to get us from abiding there. And so, and so, and so, how many of you, listen, just to tell the truth, have had people in your life to try to get you to sin? I remember, I remember I was in high school, and I didn't even like the smell of weed. And people was trying to get me to try it. And I tried it. Not because I liked the smell of it. Have you ever tried something you, and, and you knew, what am I trying this for? But some of the people can, if you entertain them and they have a different daddy than you, they can, look, they'll manipulate you to do anything. Whoever abides in him does not sin. And when, listen, when you abide with him, it, it means no matter what happens, all you do is depend on him. Like, like the, what, what, what did he do to Jesus? Um, Turn these stones into bread. And, you know, I know you're hungry. The devil tried to tempt Jesus, right? And then he said, oh, look old. Look, look at all that. I'll give you all. Look, look out there, Jesus. Took him to the highest pinnacle. Look out. See that, Jesus? I'll give all of that to you. Jump off. Jump off. And God will send angels so you won't dash your foot. Jump off the cliff. I mean, all that. That's what the devil does. He tries to convince you. Now, here's what you got to get in the text. The devil tried to convince Jesus. So what makes you think he's not going to try to convince you? And he told Jesus 
that he would give him what already belonged to Jesus. And that's how foolish the enemy plants thoughts in your mind. Even when you know better, he begins to work on your mind. And that's why the Bible says, don't allow the enemy to have your mind. Stay in him. As long as you're in him, there's no problem. Whoever sins has neither seen him or know him. Now he's talking about habitual sin. Mm -hmm. when, if you stay in sin, you didn't know him. If you stay there, you don't know him. If God leads you into sin, that means he don't know you. There's no way you can stay in sin and he know you because he's in you and he's working righteousness. Didn't I tell you it takes some of us a little longer? And God will work on some quicker than he'll work on others because he has purpose in everything that he's doing. But he is delivering. Amen. All of this is to remind us that there's only one judge, and that's God. So then what do you do? You practice what's going on on the inside of you. You practice showing it on the outside of you. If cleansing is going on on the inside, start spreading the word that will cleanse somebody else. Verse 7, two more, two more verses, we get to go home. Well, we got two minutes too. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practiced righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. <laughs> and so there's some teaching that says, well, you know, righteousness is all God and they're right. And you know, there's no way that you could do anything and become righteous right again. But the Bible is clear to practice righteousness. Preacher, what does that mean? That means when you're focusing on the Christ that's in you, you're going to want to feed the Christ that's in you. And what you feed will come out of you. And so if you're feeding Christ, you are practicing righteousness. Because as you feed your spirit, your spirit grows and begins to activate you. And the righteousness of God is displayed in your life because you are feeding the spirit of God that dwells in you. That's how you practice. And the enemy's he's going to serve you up. Stuff that's supposed to disturb you. Because most of the time when you made your mistake, the enemy had lied to you and got you disturbed in one area so that he could give you something in a whole nother area. That's why Jesus says you will be offended. Don't take offense. In other words, 
don't be a thief. Because if you take something, you, you stole it. So don't take offense. <laughs> All right? Don't take it. That's bait of the enemy. That is the bait of Satan. To pull you into self-righteousness. Don't worry about any offense. Because God has already given you all of his love and made you his child. And he will take care of anything and anyone who is coming after you. Hallelujah. Well, what do we do? Love them. Well, I don't feel like hanging out. I didn't say hang out with them. Just love them. Love them enough to let them see the righteousness of God in your life. Okay? Because you can run hellish ways out of people by showing them the righteousness of God. That's all God wants. That's why he saved us. So that we could display his righteousness. That is the power in full effect, you become the game changer. Amen? All right, verse number nine, eight, and we can go home. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now, what, what John is saying here is that the devil has now become your master when you are in habitual sin. Okay? <clears throat> for this purpose... The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, I, when I told you that there's no way you could stay in sin because the Christ that's in you will manifest and destroy those works. You won't be able to do them for long. Amen? Because you're God's child. And verse number nine, and we're out of here. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. And so habitual sin cannot stay in a believer. And because you have the righteousness of God, when you feed your spirit, the righteousness of God will be on display. Amen? But check this out. This was they called the righteousness of God. He said that he sent his son Jesus to suffer. So suffering is a part of righteousness. You signed up for it, all right? <laughs> to suffer and to die for somebody else's stuff. Are you willing to suffer? Suffer. For somebody else. I'm tired of this. Suffer. I'm tired of that. Suffer. What am I talking about? Suffer. Don't take it offense against it. Take that suffering before the Lord and let him release righteousness out of you. So that you don't judge him. And because the righteousness comes out, they will change. 
Amen? So let's practice righteousness. Give God a hand of praise. <laughs>